0: Dr. Seabee, Dunny Dance, D- Dunny Dan, back in the dun-dun, <laughs> yeah I tried to
1: plural dance so it was dance, yeah I don't understand why, <laughs> neither, <laughs> here we anything are, anything I could just try to throw you off here, off your spot, you know? <laughs> throw a curveball from left field and see if we can get dan a little rattled before we jump into non-judgment
0: well it throws me a curveball you know how how i can get real stuck on when i don't understand why people when i can't understand how people came to the conclusions they did yeah it really catches me that's what you're doing there yeah and that's one of my like life's
1: greatest pleasures (laughs) is watching you fall into that space and then just watching your brain short circuit it's so fun there's no reason for that person to have thought or behaved in that manner so we're starting a podcast cody says dunny dance references as if it's plural but it's not like what is he doing yeah
0: yeah no sense yeah nonsensical you're doing pretty well not getting stuck in it i'm not yeah, yeah. i'm feeling good. good i just got back from uh from visiting some family um mm-hmm. took some safety precautions but went and visited some family all right um uh i wanted to let you know hello two sends her love, man Send it right back. <laughs> one thing that I know to be true so far in
1: the existence of Beyond the Pines and our Instagram account is, whenever I'm going to post something, if I have any sort of like lack of confidence, in maybe what we're saying, or maybe we recorded a podcast and I'm feeling like, man, I just don't know that we did that one too well. Hellogram Two is going to show up. Oh yeah, getting a like on that post, no doubt. Yeah, she'll pull through. She'll she'll bring the love. She'll bring the love. So big shout out
0: to Hellogram Two. Thanks yeah. for all the likies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so today we're jumping in with the second episode of our series, and the first episode was a bit of that introduction to mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. We so
1: in that intro, we covered the history, we covered some of those um, the concepts of mind, mindfulness and those three attitudes, mm-hmm.
0: or sorry, nine attitudes. And so we're going to be jumping into the first one today. Yeah, the first attitude, and of course, it lands to me. Yeah, because it's non-judgment, and we know from my VIA Strengths Finder. Mm -hmm. That um, judgment is my number two strength Yeah, and so uh, paradoxically Like the universe just works in the greatest ways
1: When this one landed (laughs) up, it was like How is Dan going to pull this off? Probably one of the most judgmental people
0: I know Is
1: going to then teach
0: us about non-judgment Yeah This is great Judgment So here we are Here we are so I started in a familiar place, going to the homies for the definition. Started Urban? with, uh, I started with Merriam-Webster, but I have a little throwback to the, to the Urban Dictionary. Great, it, there wasn't much there, believe it or not, in the Urban believe Dictionary, but I found one that I think relates okay. to uh, to us and to our town. Great, yeah. So the Merriam-Webster. Uh, It says uh, the judgment is the process of forming an opinion or evaluation by discerning and comparing. Mm. Okay. So looking at something and comparing it, discerning. Um, So the Urban Dictionary, one of their definitions, slightly different, Mm -hmm. and I don't really understand it, Um, but it's a collective term for a group of hipsters. Okay. Like as in... I see a judgment of hipsters drinking PBRs and wearing blue light glasses across the street. (laughs) That's helpful. Yeah. So judgment of hipsters. So whenever you're downtown Flag, you see them hipsters collecting, Mm -hmm. grouping up, congregating. Yeah. You can say, hey, there's a judgment of hipsters. There's a
1: judgment of hipsters. In Flagstaff, it might be like on their single speeds drinking Tower Station.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. There we go. Single speeds, tower stations. Blammo. Blammo. With With, their mustaches. With the track wheels on their bikes. Yeah, no doubt. But they're riding them on the road. No doubt. That's one of those rational questions. That's a short circuit. (laughs) Yeah, it does not make sense to me. But hey, here we are. Each their own. (laughs) Yeah. So that second example of judgment brings us back to what non-judgment, the opposite of judgment, is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, one important note is uh, Kabet Zinn, John Kabet Zinn, who we covered in that first episode as well, he talks about what a challenge it is to be non-judging because basically, as he puts it, we have ideas and opinions about virtually everything. Um, so I want to, I want to also be conscientious not to just develop this negative connotation of judgment. So I want to begin with benefits of judgment. Yeah. So what do you see as the benefits of judgment? Well, my first thought is
1: that you're trying to validate or uh, make okay that your number two strength is this,
0: yeah, this process. <laughs> you're trying to resolve the cognitive dissonance between yeah. <laughs> the non-judgment and judgment and judgment no doubt so yeah dan's really good at forming
1: opinions and ideas and that kind of thing but so there is a real benefit to judgment right so it helps us make decisions it helps us set boundaries and what it looks like is assessing and then applying our values yeah to to kind
0: of a moment by moment yeah basis so if i have a value of not just falling into slamming some of that white stuff Mm. every chance i get it yeah not the cocaine but the other white the other, stuff, the pure white cane yeah, sugar, the, the pure white cane sugar. Yeah, um judgment helps me to decide. Yeah, maybe this fifth pastry from Lux, maybe it's not such a good idea. Yeah, I'm always gonna try and get you to have that fifth pastry,
1: <laughs> the sixth, the seventh, seventh yeah. eighth, baker's dozen. Oh yeah. man, those Lux pastries. Num num Lux. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> But the process of judgment helps you make an informed
0: decision as to whether you want to partake in that fifth or sixth, 13th pastry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, what can happen is with judgment, we can fall into these expectations. And like Kabat-Zinn said, we can fall into forming opinions and judgments about virtually everything. So this is happening in a pretty consistent, almost nonstop process. Yeah. And we can lose track of it. We, we can become unaware of it. The brain can naturally fall into these efforts to judge experiences and thoughts as uh, good or bad, hmm. right or wrong, fair or unfair, important or unimportant, urgent, non-urgent, desirable, undesirable. Like all of these binary yeah. just absolutes. Yeah. Like it's this or it's that. And it can be happening so consistently that we can lose track of it. Um, but one way to break this all down, all those little binary classifications, is there's this really broad classification, is that it really can fall into our thoughts, emotions, experiences, behaviors, etc. Can we can, we can seek to define them as good, bad, or neutral. Hmm. Um, And in that really what we mean is like pleasant or unpleasant or or just absolutely in between those two Yeah, and what we naturally do the tendency for us is for us to seek to always pursue the good and Seek to always avoid the bad and then ignore or not be attuned to any of the neutral any of the in-between
1: So I think we kind of mentioned this in that emotions podcast again, but we had talked about how this sort of happens on almost like a subconscious level, right? Like we're constantly making these judgments and we're trying to avoid what's bad and pursue what's good. So we're Mm -hmm. trying to create something that isn't here now. Mm -hmm. We're trying to avoid something that Mm -hmm. is here now
0: absolutely now so when we lose awareness of those judgments as they're going on we we lose awareness of our behaviors to pursue avoid or ignore and so we fall into those behaviors to just do that and, and we lose track that we're actually doing that um and then that results in like this suffering that comes about from having failed expectations so if our pursuit of what we define as good falls short, then we have this suffering because of that. And mm-hmm. if our effort to avoid what we've defined as bad doesn't follow through and we experience it, then we experience suffering because the bad thing we were wanting to avoid occurred. Yeah. And, and, we, and, and we'll just open ourselves up to this persistent experience of suffering yeah. from failed expectations. Yeah. I love the way you describe that. You know, the
1: way that it sits with me is that we basically create our own suffering through how we relate to reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if we make a judgment as to like, this is super good, we can get stuck on it. If again, if it goes against our expectations, yeah, like we're clinging, it goes against our expectations and we're trying to produce something else. Yeah. Am not trying to avoid the
0: bad all through our relationship to what's happening now? Yeah. And it results in suffering, that, sec- that secondary wave results in suffering. I have an example of this, like as you were talking, it made me think about, um, I-, I hope my son's okay with this. So my son, I love him to death, Yeah. great kid, um, we went on this trip. That I just mentioned mm-hmm. and we had a great time so many fun things that we did. We yeah. were out in nature a majority of the time Did a lot of cool things spending time at lakes lakes that you could see in different than Lake Le- Lake Mary Come on now. Um, yeah, so like we were stand up paddleboarding, and when you looked into the water mm-hmm. you could see <laughs> yeah. You could see uh, The bottom of the lake. Yeah, I do that Lake Mary all the time And you can see the ground the, the ground I can see the ground can you like how far out like on the shore yeah i can see the ground (laughs) on the shore yeah so we went up we went like stand up paddle boarding yeah we were hanging out on lakes we were biking and doing a bunch of other stuff um really great time we got back yesterday back into town and he's kind of bummed out because all that fun he had has now come to an end Mm -hmm. so he makes this comment about how I just don't want to go on vacations because I don't feel good when I get back. Yeah. So the way to get away from that pain is yeah. just by avoiding the, the pleasure, pain. the good. Altogether. And, yeah, yeah. And then I won't have to experience this bad feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We call those the PVBs. What are those? That's the post-vacation blues, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. PVBs. The PVBs. Dude, that's a thing. <laughs> that's Cody's,
0: Cody's daily acronym. That's my DA. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And we all experience that, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is painful to come back from something that's so enjoyable. um, But we can also experience that and make an effort to not allow for that to take away from what those previous moments meant for us. Yeah. To my son, give it a shot. Go on vacation again get Out there, the PVBs are okay to experience, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jump back on that horse, no doubt. So, if judgment is this effort or this unintentional um, practice that we fall into, our brain falls into categorizing things and labeling things as good, bad, or neutral, and we fall into that unintentional effort to pursue the good, to avoid the bad, and ignore the neutral, what is non judgment then? Yeah, that's a good question. So It's interesting because the definition of it isn't that we get rid of the judgment or that we just um, make an effort to not use judgment. As you mentioned at the start, there are benefits to judgment. It helps us to set boundaries, um, understand limitations or apply values in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So non-judgment doesn't mean that we get rid of judgment. It just means that we become aware of that judgment occurring yeah going back to our four mindfulness definitions maybe if we
1: if we toss out the urban dictionary one in there uh, (laughs) they all sort of related back to awareness right and so it's sort of this idea of developing awareness so that
0: when judgments arise you can notice them and call them out yeah and then and then there's this second piece. So we want to become aware, and Kabat-Zinn actually says that it's important for us to cultivate a discernment about our judgment. Mm-hmm. So there is a secondary process yeah. to recognizing judgment as it occurs, and in a pursuit of non-judgment, we want to also be able to discern um, what the judgment is. So what label we're applying, what meaning we're applying to our thought, mm-hmm. behavior, experience, and emotion. Um, and, we, and we want to try... To be aware of it and then to discern Um, so It's helpful to recognize that initial judgment creates a lens Through which we see things and then we act with intention towards that what we observe. Yeah
1: yeah. I really like the way that that's described with the lens And so I could think Mm -hmm. of you know when I think of lens you can look through several different sets of lenses and they can be colored Right. Mm -hmm. And so like the color of that judgment might then define how you experience the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sets us great for that sets us up really well for a teaching from Buddha that we're going to go over that covers that. Okay, Um, But uh, maybe this would be a great point to emphasize the definition of non-judgment. So we're about halfway through the episode. Mm -hmm. So now is the best time to define what non-judgment is. Right in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not judging that at all. None. Yeah, so non-judgment is the awareness of our judgment and an observation of what may feel pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's that word awareness again. Yeah, yeah. so being really aware. Okay. So then going to that teaching that I mentioned. So this is a teaching. Um, it's a teaching of Buddha that was that's in the Salatha Sutta, and it was translated by Thera. Um, and it covers it. It's referred to. I think there are two literal translations: either two arrows or two darts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna go over this. And as I was reviewing this, it made me think of some of my experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Good. We mentioned we've highlighted my skill with judgment. Yeah. Um, Uh, And I think probably the easiest way to think about judgment is with physiological experiences. Mm, But I think it happens so much psychologically as well. Um, But my first thought was to these physiological experiences. So in this teaching from the Buddha, there are three conditions or three types of people that he describes. And the first one is someone that. Um, Experiences a dart or an arrow which is really referring to a distressing or unpleasant experience and then inflicts upon themselves a second dart or arrow Uh, Okay, so that person experiences two darts or arrows. Okay, there's one person Who avoids acknowledging that any dart or arrow has been inflicted and so they just don't pay attention to it at all And they 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 ignore it essentially. Yeah. Would you call this avoidance? Yeah Okay, like for me it fits really strongly into our pattern of avoidance. Okay um, in society. Yeah And then the last one is where a person observes that a dart or arrow has been inflicted upon them And they acknowledge it, but they do not inflict a second arrow or dart. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about this in relation to my experiences on a bike. Hmm. Physiological pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And there's one one condition that I just abhor abhor more than any conditions when it comes to riding bikes. Riding your bike in Lake Mary? (laughs) no in lake (laughs) never tried that give it a whirl give it a whirl no it's riding my bike in wind oh wind (laughs) okay so this is just general so i'm gonna begin by describing this first condition the person with two darts or arrows and compare it to my experiences with that yeah um, and so in this first condition, there's someone that, that uh, this is actual, actually the translation or the writing that discusses it. It says, when an untaught worldling is touched by a painful or bodily feeling, he worries and grieves, he laments, beats his breast, weeps, and is distraught. He thus experiences two kinds of feelings. A bodily and a mental feeling. It is as if a man were pierced by a dart, and following the first piercing, he is hit by a second dart. So that person will experience feelings caused by two darts. Hmm. Yeah. So the bodily feeling, and then you got the mental psychological. Yeah, dart. yeah. Which is like all the meaning we apply to things, yeah. and all that unknown expectation from the mind. Mm-hmm. So for me. Uh, in the example of a bike I can think of times when I've been on my bike and I've been riding on on the road and um, I'll be facing like a, a cross or a headwind. Yeah as I'm going somewhere and if it's like an out-and-back bike ride I'll think in the back of my mind and, and sometimes even subconsciously Oh when I'm coming back in all of my numbers will be a lot faster because I'll have a tailwind or a cross tailwind. Yeah, get that split. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hit that split. Hit that split. So I can accept this current split being low because I'll be able to hit it. Yeah. And and some of that can be happening not even knowingly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, sure. I'm just naming that now. Yeah. And then I've had experiences where I turn around on the out and back ride, and lo and behold, <laughs> The wind shifted on you. <laughs> the whole wind, yep. Pull the pull the switcheroo. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and so the wind, I get I get to face a head or a crosswind coming in. Yeah, from the ride. Well,
1: so can I ask you some
0: questions? Yeah, about that? <laughs> yeah.
1: So when that wind shifts, what goes through your mind?
0: Ah, yeah. So the first minute or two, um, it's probably more of an assessment of. Is this cross or headwind really, <laughs> really happening? <laughs> Technically, based on my understanding of what I just faced, yeah. this should not be the experience. Uh, maybe, the maybe, maybe there's yeah. some, something yeah. erroneous about my interpretation. And then after it's confirmed... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've literally had times where I'm cursing into the wind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, just second dart after second dart <laughs> yeah, after second just dart. Just throwing darts. Yeah.
0: And, and if it's a headwind, I'm throwing darts right in the head, headwind. It comes spinning back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> slam me in the face. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like though, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah.
1: like the judgment in that s- scenario says like the wind should be a certain way. Yeah. It's not that way. We get mad at it. Yeah. And then you find yourself piercing yourself with that second dart yeah. over and over yeah. and
0: over. So that first dart is the wind, which I cannot control yeah. and is going to be what it is. Yeah. And um, at that point, I that dart is in. There's, yeah. there's no avoiding it. That's how it is. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that my choice to curse at it is just me inserting a second dart. Yeah, inflicting more distress, more pain.
1: So can I? So if we apply non-judgment to that experience when that first dart sets in, because that's a painful dart. Like the wind, Mm -hmm. riding into a headwind is difficult, right? Wind generally is difficult we can definitely create more suffering with our relationship to the wind. Yeah, so yeah. you get that first yeah. dart. What does it then look like to be
0: mindful? What does it look like to apply non-judgment to that first dart when you're riding your bike? Well, I think I think I actually have had experiences like that as well. Mm-hmm. So let me hold on to that because I want to share okay. that when I come over the, the yeah. third example that Buddha teaches about. So in the second example, before we get to that one, mm-hmm. he actually shares about um, a second person. That having been touched by that painful feeling, or that dart, he resists and resents it. Under the impact of that painful feeling, he then proceeds to enjoy sensual happiness. And why does he do so? He does not know of any other escape from painful feelings except the enjoyment of sensual happiness. Then in him who enjoys sensual happiness, an underlying tendency to lust for pleasant feelings comes to underlie his mind he does not know according to facts that arising and ending of these feelings nor the gratification the danger and the escape connected to these feelings Hmm. yeah what wisdom huh oh yeah so this is a person that that looks and sees the dart inflicted and is like i'm just gonna go do things that take my focus off of this sensual pleasures essentially is what buddha focuses on like i think of like substances yeah. you know sexuality <clears throat> mm-hmm. but it can even be as benign as like distancing myself by going to my phone if, oh yeah if, uh, if something unpleasant is going on or yeah. watching a show or yeah. something like that
1: Oh uh, any of those types of behaviors yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah mindless instagram
0: scrolling definitely yeah. Yeah. Cr- jumped into my mind there so he he sees that person as avoiding acknowledgement of the dart having been inflicted Hmm. and that person will pursue that avoidance throughout their lifetime until they can connect to it and I think the end statement of that is really powerful he says this person doesn't learn um, what it's like uh, to experience the gratification the danger and the escape um, the ending of these feelings the gratification that comes in the ending of them Um, so basically Whenever we experience something that could be defined as unpleasant, there's also all of these other feelings that come with it. Like pleasantness in the subsiding of that feeling or learning that comes from the pain of the experience, mm-hmm. and he's saying this person will be absent all of that. Hmm. So total total missing yeah. on all of that experience. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I don't know if there's a good fit. Like for me if I were to try and relate this again to riding bikes. Yeah to just put it into practical examples here and now, Mm -hmm. this would be if I were to go on a bike ride that was unpleasant, that Mm -hmm. was difficult, or in nature, or something else, and then I choose not to go on that because it was distressing. And yeah. so I'm just going to avoid that experience in the future. Yeah. And I don't have all of those opportunities that I gain from learning from those experiences.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to learn in that, right? Mm-hmm. Can I go back to that question? Yeah. So the mind what does it look like then to be mindful in that scenario?
0: Yeah, so that takes us to the third one, I think. There we go. Can we, can we end here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the third teaching that i'll read about he says but in the case of a well-taught noble disciple o monks when he is touched by a painful feeling he will not worry nor grieve and lament he will not beat his breast and weep nor will he be distraught it is one kind of feeling he experiences a bodily one but not a mental feeling it is as if a man were pierced by a dart but as what was not hit by a second dart following the first one so this person experiences feeling caused by a single dart only yeah. So for me, if I were to apply that, I actually think I've had literal experiences like that. And one of the most profound experiences on my bike I had was actually here. I went for a ride. The forecast said it was supposed to sprinkle. And you know how we get those storms that can kind of, like, kind of come in and out? Yeah. I think it was late fall. And so it was late fall, and it said it was that a rainstorm may come. And I thought, if anything, it's going to be... Like a 15-minute rainstorm based on how the weather the days before had been and I went out on my bike and it started to rain almost immediately when I left and I rode from my house over to Lake Mary and or sorry over to uh, snowball road and so riding up to snowball road um, it rained almost the entire way there but um, it like it felt great like I felt connected to my environment I wasn't worried about the wetness or it was actually pretty cold i was cold as well i was okay with it and then i started up snowball and about halfway up it started to snow (laughs) i think it was like september like it it was a month that snow shouldn't have been happening happening technically but i remember thinking oh no like Snow is not good for road bike tires <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I like grew road, t- road bike tires aren't really made for the snow But then I just accepted I looked around me. It was like really calm peaceful So quiet out there up the road. No one was up there. And so I was like, well, I'll just keep going and if it becomes to where basically like just aware of my experience and if it becomes If it gets to a point that the bike doesn't seem to capably manage what's going on, I'll just turn around and go back. Yeah. Um, I kept going all the way up to Snowball. And um, it was like a really enjoyable experience despite it being really cold Mm -hmm. and despite me being entirely wet. Yeah. And you created that. Yeah. You could have suffered. Yeah. That could have been the worst ride ever. Yeah. I, I could have turned around and gone home and been angry that I wasn't able to do my ride. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I could have turned around when it started raining Mm -hmm. Um, All of that and that is just the second dart and so it becomes important the non-judgmental piece is not Avoiding the experience of something It's acknowledging that it exists there and then acknowledging whether I put judgment on it or not Mm -hmm. And then discerning my judgment. Yeah um and then making an effort not to inflict that second arrow by subscribing to judgment that puts me in a position to do so yeah
1: ah blamo there it is yeah so again the thing i would highlight about that is that you created that through your relationship to that experience
0: yeah yeah So for me, like, um, I think those physiological experiences are easy to think about. It Mm -hmm. makes me wonder if Dr. Chinchilla, nice, nice, any experiences like that. Oh man. Well, physiological ones
1: are really easy, right? Like when I think back on those types of experiences, the ones that I think often are pain associated with things like running, like you're saying, um, or the weather. That's a very, <laughs> you can suffer over the weather as much as you want. Yeah. You're not going to control it. No doubt. Um, you know, for one for me, though, is when I reflect back on my experience in academia, I would say. So oh, really? The very name by which I got, Chinchilla Nice. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> that whole process. Um, but yeah, like when I think back to how, for me, this the environment of school was the first dart in a lot of ways. Like, just having to sit there the whole time, being told what to know, like, those things for me kind of went against, I think, my natural propensity is to want to create. And so, like, I found school just to be so boring. Like, I just wanted to go play. I wanted to create and those kinds of things. And I felt like it was more limited in that way. So, most of my academic career, like, my junior year of college, I was like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm done. Uh, You were going to drop out? I was going to drop out, man.
0: Yeah. There could have been... Yeah. No Dr. Chinchilla. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It just would have been nice. It just would have <laughs> been Cody nice, be nice. nice. Oh, yeah. it just would have been be nice. Yeah. yeah. MC, Cody, be nice.
1: Cody be nice. Yeah. We had to go, we had to stick with it to get the Chinchilla. Um, and yeah, so my junior year, I remember really, really well having a conversation with my mother on the phone in which I was like, I'm done pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so, um, through a mother's love and guidance and that kind of thing, she really helped me out. Um, I stuck with it and, Stuck with the process as well, but I I think what I learned in reflecting back now is how much of my own Approach to that environment created my own suffering Mm -hmm. And so I would say that this is boring. This is bad. This is stupid. This is pointless. This is like all those things and just Just create my own misery in a sense Mm -hmm. Um, But when I came to a different point to like, um, okay, let's catch that Let's catch my relationship to school And then I, I think essentially what I found was something that I enjoyed And then getting into that and then just applying action but i had all these judgments about myself like Mm -hmm. that i was dumb or that i was stupid and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things uh or that i wasn't smart like Mm -hmm. i could probably go off forever about how uh chinchilla nice wasn't smart and so those judgments about myself in this context of school really influenced whether i was gonna whether i was gonna pursue my degree or not pursue my degree yeah and so sticking with it, finding something I liked, becoming aware of those judgments, noticing like, oh, this is all just a story I made up yeah. about who I am in this environment. None of it's really true. Then I was able to to engage that environment and ultimately become Chinchilla
0: Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you got there. We wouldn't have had Dr. Chinchilla.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. No, Dr. Chinchilla Nice Nice. man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when it comes down to it, <clears throat> I want to just point back to the basic definition. So, non judgment is the awareness of our judgment and an observation of what may feel pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, hmm. and not inflicting that second dart. Not catching yourself and not inflicting that second dart. Yeah. And I also think that first one's important too, not pretending like that first dart doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is going to lead nicely into our next episode. Yeah. What is, do we got?
1: We're going to talk about acceptance. Ah, shout out acceptance. Shout out acceptance. So that's probably going to drop in a couple of weeks here. Nice. Well,
0: why don't you take us out by shouting us out?
1: No doubt. Hit us up, www.beyondflag.com. You can find us on Instagram at beyond underscore flag, flag spelled FLG. Always. And so feel free to let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up about our potty, DM us, repost. We'll post. You post, we repost. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how that stuff goes. All man. of it. All of that. Really doing this concerted social media effort. And then you can find us on Twitter. We got beyond underscore flag also. Check us out. Check us out. Loveies.
0: All right, take care.